0: This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don McGregor. Happy Friday, everybody. It's the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. Hopefully everybody has got some great plans over the weekend. Lots of hockey to get into, unless, of course, you're a Senators fan. More postponements. Last night, Nashville. Tomorrow against the Rangers. But hopefully things getting a little bit better on that front. But really not when you think about it, because we find out the Islanders now have players in COVID protocol on the eve of actually getting their arena open after a 13-game road trip. A couple of players uh, on COVID protocol and a pretty significant one is Anders Lee on protocol with Russ Johnston. And uh, that's going to be a bit of a problem for the Islanders struggling at a 500 last place in the Metropolitan Division. They'll take on the Calgary Flames tomorrow. They'll do it without Lee and Johnston. Johnston could have been a healthy scratch anyway, although the Flames, with their big lineup, maybe you could have had a chance to play. Josh Bailey already on COVID protocol, so now three players for the Islanders. So it's kind of nervous time. It's a little bit nervous time, I think, around the National Hockey League this time of year. Remember, last year we didn't play hockey in November, but we saw what happened in football, which was the only sport that was playing back in November and we saw how many players uh contracted the the virus put on protocol there were no postponements uh in the National Hockey in the National Football League there were games that were moved everything was played there were no cancellations I guess is the better way to put it uh and then we saw a slew in January and February when the NHL started last year and here we are in the middle of November Ten players in COVID protocol for Ottawa, three players now for the Islanders. Now, it doesn't look like the game tomorrow is going to be affected at all because it's only uh, a couple of players added to the list of one with Bailey. Uh, But, you know, still not every team has been able to skirt this thing. We saw, um, you know, Domi's been on COVID protocol for uh, Columbus. Ryan Strom was put on COVID protocol for the Rangers earlier in the season. So it's still a thing. Uh, Only the three postponements so far, but we'll see. We'll keep an eye on this Islander situation to see if more players pop up and whether that's going to affect them. We've discussed this so many times um, on this podcast and on the Michael K Show. That's why wins are so important. Gobble up as many points as you can because once those points are in reserve, they can't be touched. But you don't know what's going to happen to you down the stretch of the season. You already have to deal with injuries and unforeseen things. But with this COVID situation still very much a thing, even with players being vaccinated, they could still be put on protocol. They could still miss some time. Games could be postponed, shifted around. So you can be in great shape, and now you find yourself compromised because you're either playing shorthanded or not playing at all, having to jam in a bunch of games. Later in the season, the way Vancouver had to do last year, we saw how much it affected their season. So, get the points while you can, you know, file them away because nobody can touch those points when you get them, and that's why um, it is just so important to play as well as you can. I guess the best place to start would be last night. I got a chance to call the Rangers and the Leafs up in Toronto. And this is a different Leaf team. I mean, they've won 10 of their last 11 games. They're hot, but they're also very, very good. And I think the reason they kind of been obscured is because of the start from Florida. But right now, Toronto just seems to me to be a better team. I've called a slew of games between the Rangers and the Leafs up in Toronto. And they're all crazy, wacky, come from behind games, plenty of goals, plenty of ice available for both teams. But this Toronto team now has structure. You know, Sheldon Keith very quietly in two plus years with the Leafs is 20 games above five hundred. And I know they've had their problems in the postseason and we can't address that until we get to May. But right now there's a structure there. They really don't allow a lot. And the Rangers didn't have a lot of room. They went length of times without a shot on goal. And, you know, that's on the Rangers. Of course, the Rangers aren't, you know, the greatest offensive team in the world. But still, you know, what the Leafs have been able to do with this blue line. You know, Morgan Riley's a legit star. You put T.J. Brody with him on the top line. Uh, Hole and Muzzin on the uh, the second pairing. Dermot and Sandine on the third pairing. Remember, Sandine was a guy the Rangers were thinking about drafted, but instead ended up going with uh, Nils Lundqvist. And that's worked out really for both teams. But you can get a third pairing that's that effective. Uh, they don't give you a lot of room. And they can possess the puck. And they, they won 80% of the draws last night against the Rangers. That's a good team. And and the Rangers lost the game, but I thought they showed a lot of fight. Uh, they got a goal. Um from Hunt late uh, to make it 2-1. I thought they were the better team down the stretch, but give Toronto credit. They really held their own. Uh, Jack Campbell has been really good for this team. Shostorkin, I thought, was very good. That was a, just a well-played game, I think, against two really good teams, and they've split the first two meetings with the Rangers winning in Toronto back on October 18th and a 2-1 win in overtime. Remember, they were getting crushed on face-offs that night by the Rangers, but they got a win in overtime. Panarin scored the game-winner. They lose 2-1 in regulation a little bit late Later in December, these two teams will hook up again. Wouldn't be surprised if they met again in the postseason. But Toronto, legit team, well-coached, well-structured, and I think if there's a a year that the Leafs can finally get out of that malaise of not being able to get out of the first round, I think this is the best I've seen the Leafs play uh, in 20 years, and I really legit believe that. Uh, Panthers without Barkov again, they're learning to start to play games without Barkov. He's going to be out for a while now, and they um, end up getting uh, the four unanswered goals to beat the Devils by the final score of 4-1, to one. but again, goaltending the story for the Florida Panthers, it doesn't really seem to matter who's in net, but last night it was Spencer Knight made 45 saves as the Panthers get back on track with a win. Start looking at the Montreal Canadiens now and start seeing what, could be traded away. I mean this season is over for them. I thought they showed some fight on Sunday and the loss to the Rangers, but they got destroyed at home by Pittsburgh 6 to nothing. Sidney Crosby scores his first goal of the year, but start looking is is a Tyler Toffoli somebody that possibly can get moved. Um there there are pieces that might be able to get dealt away here. So start looking at this roster. Would they part with a Brendan Gallagher. I mean, some things to kind of think about here because this Leaf team, this uh Canadiens team is going absolutely nowhere. So, maybe with you you take a look at the Rangers now with Blay being out for the year, would they be interested in a Toffoli? Uh very very interesting situation there because the Canadians are just cooked. Flames beat the Sabres to nothing. Give credit to the Flames. This is the tail end of a long road trip for them. They'll play on Saturday uh, or tomorrow at the new arena out in Belmont, but they took care of the Buffalo Sabres to nothing. Dave Maloney, my partner on radio, brings up a great point. He's like, some of these teams you don't want to catch early because they still believe. Um, And Buffalo was really good early, but you're wondering if things are kind of getting back to the playing. You know, Detroit's kind of settled down a little bit here after the hot start. You know, certainly Buffalo hasn't been great. Uh, Ottawa had a a good start, slowdown. It's like when you catch these teams, and maybe right now the best time to catch the Buffalo Sabres is now, and the Rangers will get that chance coming up on Sunday. Great back-and-forth game between the Lightning and the Flyers in Philadelphia. Lightning end up winning that game in overtime by the final score of uh, four to three in the shootout, I should say. And just a big goal by Giroux came with nine seconds left in regulation to tie the game for Philadelphia. Uh, they'd have uh, the scoreless um, uh, overtime and then the Lightning win in a shootout. So that's a nice point uh, for the Flyers, considering look like they're on their way to a loss. Good bounce back for the Blues after losing at home to, of all teams, the Coyotes. They take care of the Sharks 4-1 and get 48 shots to boot. The big story in this one, LeBlanc, With the hit on Bozak, was it a slew foot? He's already going to get a hearing, so that means he's going to get suspended just a matter of how long. A Shark fan can make the case that LeBlanc was falling down. But I go back to what E.J. Raddick said on Monday. These players kind of know what they're doing. Looked like LeBlanc had kicked the leg out. Bozak, serious trouble hitting the boards. So that was an ugly, ugly situation. So that was the story from that one. We've talked a lot about Rick Bonus and his future with the Dallas Stars. They won a couple of games in a row. So I think the Wolves were kind of called off for a bit. But when you lose 7-2, to when you give up four goals in the third period, uh those are sometimes if you were thinking about making a coaching change, that's the kind of loss that makes you go over the edge a little bit. We'll keep an eye on that. Oilers, great game. This is a fun late game last night. If you were able to stay up against the Jet team that has been playing really, really well. Ealers scores, you know, uh with um Six minutes left in the third to break a scoreless tie, and you think that's going to be enough, but you know what? Less than a minute later, Connor McDavid does it again, keeps his scoring streak alive. Now the first 16 games of the season with a point, and he had one of those uh, picture-ex goals that we saw beating Nemeth against the Rangers a couple of weeks ago. Well, he did the same thing to the Winnipeg Jets, had them all just reach in, and just a tremendous goal to tie the game. And then you get to the shootout, and you know you're going to be in a little bit of trouble when you're going into the shootout with the likes of uh, Connor McDavid and such. And McDavid and Turris get the goals for Edmonton in the shootout, and the Oilers pick up the win uh blue jackets beat the coyotes in the shootout five to four 46 shots on goal in this one for the columbus blue jackets jenner scores twice warinski had a goal and an assist for the blue jackets that was a really good win for them because again you don't want to lose when you're trying to battle and every point being so sacrosanct last thing you want to do is lose to the coyotes but wedgewood was good made 42 saves for arizona to at least get them a point, and the Ducks' streak finally comes to an end. They lose in regulation to the Hurricane's 2-1, Two to one, but they outshot the Hurricanes three to two. This game was tied in the third period, and the midway through, uh, Jarvis gets the game winner. Second consecutive game for him to get a game winner. So the Ducks have just been a huge surprise, but they do finally fall at home by the final score of two to one. You know, ending that streak of games consecutive with a point, but still Anaheim looking terrific at eight one and one in their last ten. Although with the Edmonton win and the Duck loss in regular regulation Edmonton takes over first place in the Pacific Division but still it's very tight Edmonton 24 Calgary 23 Anaheim 23 but here's the difference Edmonton's got a game in hand on Calgary two games in hand on Anaheim so that's a legit first place for the Edmonton Oilers but the question is does Edmonton stay in the Friday top five Don Friday top five. Yeah! And I believe they do. I'm going to have Edmonton stay at number five. And again, a lot of it has to do with the fact that they've played the least amount of games of the three at the top spot in the Pacific Division. And they've got a plus 15 goal differential, which is second best in the division. They've been unbelievable at home at 7 and 1, 7 and 3 in their last 10. I love the Edmonton Oilers. They dropped down to 5, but I still have them in the top 5. Number 4. Teetering just a little bit when you consider the fact that they've lost Barkoff again. Uh, and the Panthers maintain first place, but 5 2 and 3, so really effectively 500 over the last 10. I've dropped the Panthers down to four. Still have the best goal differential along with Carolina at plus 23. Undefeated at home, 9 0 0, but slipped just a little bit. Looked, uh, look, looked bad for the first, uh, half of their game against the, uh, the Rangers, and it really hasn't gotten much better. Blown out, uh, by, um, by the Devils a week ago. They did bounce back to beat the Devils last night, but goaltending has been terrific, giving up too many shots on goals, so I've got the Panthers dropping to four. Number three. I've got the Hurricanes dropping just a bit down to three. It's really not their fault because, again, they've been great. Eight wins in their last ten, as I mentioned, tied uh, for the best goal differential in the NHL. The Panthers are plus 23. They've won three straight. It's just the other two teams I'm going to throw out there just a tad bit better. So let's go to number two. Number two. And that's because you've got to get the Ducks in there, right? Even though they lost last night of regulation, they hung with the Hurricanes. Do I think the Hurricanes are better than the Ducks? I do. But you've got to honor the Ducks and what they've accomplished. 8-1-1 one and one in their last 10. 7-3-1 at home. Um, Troy Terry has just been a godsend for this team. Just finding ways to get points pretty much every single night for this team. And you just – he didn't get uh, – He did get a goal last night, 12, to keep his streak alive. I just wanted to give some love to the Ducks, so I've got them at two. Number one. Watched a lot of hockey, and you know what? I think you got to give some love to the Toronto Maple Leafs winning 10 of their last 11. I'm saying this is not your dad's Leafs. This is not your granddad's Leafs. I mean, they they still are getting just tremendous production. They've got four lines that they can roll. But as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I'm just really uh, kind of smitten with this blue line. This has always been a problem. They've had offensive defensemen, but they really haven't done a good job of just locking down. And I just love their three pairings. Morgan Riley had a couple of goals last night. Hole and Muzzin are great. You know, Muzzin's got the experience winning cups uh, with uh, the Los Angeles Kings. There's structure there with this team. They're 9 2 and 1 at home. As I mentioned, 10 of their last 11 games I mean that close to an 11 game winning streak. I've got right now the Toronto Maple Leafs as the best team in the national hockey. You have them at number one. All right, let's close out the week with your tweets at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. And we go right. Um, Into uh, the Leafs discussion and let's talk about Tony who says is it time to put Jack Campbell as a legit number one goalie also the Leafs are hitting a good stride right now happy with the play of the big four lately but hopefully the secondary scoring picks up for a legit run yeah you can get a little bit more you know you look at um, they've got that their top two lines are really good You'd like to maybe get a little bit more production out of their fourth line. I thought, I thought they played last night. I, I, I really like just their team overall. Again, I think they're exceptionally well coached, um, and I think that this is a team that could make a run in the playoffs. But you're right about Jack Campbell. I mean, he, I thought he was terrific, and he's finally found a home there. And, you know, it's interesting because of what Anderson's done in Carolina. Like, he's found a home there playing well, and I think Campbell's found a home well in Toronto. So I think uh, things are really good with this team. Dick says the Dallas Stars were embarrassed last night by the Wild. Uh, what do you think about the um, defensive focus style, the archaic defensive focus style of Coach Bonus employs? How does this style suit the Stars? Uh, would you have a um, when you have a plethora of weapons? Yeah, listen, you got to give a lot of um, a, a lot of heat to the players, not just living up to expectations. They got a slew of goaltenders there, as we've talked about before. With four goaltenders that can play, Uh, it is just incredible to me um, why this team is just playing as lethargic as they are. And remember, bonus was brought in under very unusual circumstances, and he's been in the league forever, I think five decades in the National Hockey League as a player, as a coach, but it just feels like to me that uh, this is this is probably a team that needs a little bit of a change of coaching and maybe giving up four goals in the third period and losing by seven to a good wild team, but still, that's uh, that's usually earmarks for a possible move. Uh, Don L. says, Don, since you were calling the Devils-Rangers game on Sunday night, what are your thoughts on both teams since they are both young te- a young team and also since the Islanders are in last place in the Metro, do you see them bouncing back? to get back to the pack. I do think the Islanders will bounce back. Let's get them a home game, shall we? I mean, it'd be nice to get home, but I guess, you know, this Lee protocol is a little disturbing, So, and the Flames are a really good team, so that's a tough game on Saturday. Although, again, the Flames are on the back end of a long road trip for them. They're going to be fine. They're just too well coached and have too much talent there, but right now, they've got some things to work out. Devils can fly. Um, the Devils, I think, are a team that's not going to make the playoffs just because of how tough the division is. But look how well they're playing. They're playing without Hughes. They're playing without Wood. Um, Blackwood's back between the pipes, and he has been good for them. Hamilton has been a godsend for them as well. I love this Devils team, and I think this Rangers team is good too. I think the sky is the limit for for really both of these teams with the Devils and the Rangers. But really, the Rangers—you know—they're nine-four. They're ten-four and three. And they certainly could play better with Panarin and Jad off to a little bit of slow starts, at least by their standards. But the goaltending has been terrific. Um, Miller's been a little up and down, good games, bad games. But overall, I think their defense has been very good. Um, I, I, I like I like what the Rangers are, are doing there. Uh, Eli says, "Do you have an opinion on the Red Sox ownership group purchasing the Penguins?" Well, they've won in soccer, they've won in NASCAR, they've done a good job with the Red Sox. I think, I, I think it's a it's a pretty good ownership from what I understand, and I think that's a that's a really good team to buy. Brand new building team that's a perennial playoff team with a star and a face of not just the franchise in the league. I think that's that's a really good partnership there uh let's go to chris he says hi don i wanted to respond to your comments wednesday about cam atkinson after the flyers acquired him he fully embraced being part of the team uh he was photographed with gritty and rode the zamboni with his grandma didn't take him long to embrace here i i guess like i said i just think he's the perfect fit there i I know we're a little biased here because Dave got to know him. He's a Connecticut kid, so he's a local kid. But I've called a slew of Columbus Blue Jackets games in my career, and he always seemed to be a part of it, always in the middle of the action. I just thought he was a nice fit for that Flyer team. And so he's not quite in the area, but getting to be in uh, Philadelphia, kind of close to Connecticut, close to his parents, I I really enjoy um, watching him play. Uh, AYB says Are the Islanders in trouble? Some of the same offensive problems from a year ago. Uh, we talked a lot about them this week. Uh, they just seem slow to me. Char just doesn't seem like a fit. Like, I listen. I love that Sedano Char is in the league. I do. I, I love when Chelios played till forty-seven. I love that Yager played till he was forty-seven. I love that a, you know, a forty-three, soon to be forty-four-year-old Char is still in the league. It's it's great. It makes me feel young. But is the league really built for this guy with seven foot on skates with a big reach? that's kind of just a, a slow and can't keep up with the rest of what's happening in the league. And I like what Lou did. He gave it a try. I think that's that team's itching to make a deal, and I think they um, certainly will uh, make a trade. Steve wants to know, is Mika okay? Is he dealing with an injury we don't know about? The slow start is concerning. We haven't heard anything. Again, he had the slow start last year. We blamed it on COVID. Um, this year... Yeah, I mean he's he's active. I you know when I'm doing play by play I always kind of judge by like how often do I say his name and and I don't think I say it as often enough as you should. I think it'll come around for him. It's starting to come around a little bit for Panarin, uh, but I, I don't know if there's an injury, have not heard, but it's easy when you see somebody who played so well at the second half of last year and, again, getting off to a slow start. Ozzy says the Coyotes have scored 30 goals. McDavid and will have combined for 28. Who do you think ends up with more uh, this, the end of the season? It's it's going to be the Coyotes, but it, it, it's still a fun conversation to have you know, we talk so much about McDavid and McDavid with all the moves and the gorgeous goals. Dreisaitl is just he's so underappreciated on this team. You know, you don't see a lot of superstars coming out of Germany. He's overshadowed by McDavid and some people think that he's just a byproduct of of playing with Connor McDavid, but they don't always play all the time. is able to make things happen on other lines as well. So I think it's kind of lazy to just say that he's he's the positive byproduct of getting a ch- chance to play with McDavid. I think that's taking away uh, a tremendous talent and really talking about how good Leon Dreisaitl is as a player. Again, this drives me crazy about the National Hockey League. We got a ton of – it was a 13 games last night, and then we go to Friday, and it's just two games – uh, but that's what you have on the schedule tonight. Winnipeg, second of back-to-backs in Vancouver against the Canucks. And, of course, the Travis Green watch is on in Vancouver. And uh, the ESPN Plus game, Avalanche and the Kraken. I'm wondering, and these schedules are done, not, not that fully in advance, but when do the networks like TNT and ESPN start to say, all right, the Kraken thing, we're ready to move on, okay? Uh, listen, they were a great story. They got a great fan base and great uniform and and all that and it was so much attention on them because what Vegas was able to do in their first year but when it's all said and done to see a team that's 4-11-1 with the second worst team the second worst record in the National Hockey League being on national television all the time. Now I get listening it's the, it's the late window and it's put them on but you know what I'd start really paying attention to get more games on national television for Edmonton and Calgary they're just better teams plus you start got to give love to the, the, the Ducks and the Kings and what they've done on the West Coast, so again I would have done the same thing as a programmer let's get Seattle on there, they're a great story let's introduce the world to the Kraken well, you know what, you're introducing the world to the Kraken and they look every bit like every expansion team outside of Vegas that we've seen in the last 30 years, so maybe we put them on the shelf and start focusing elsewhere uh, because uh, Kraken just aren't really uh, getting people too excited the way they're playing right now again, a great story and I'm rooting for them because I, I, I that that city is you know since losing the Supersonics they've wanted to get some winter sports back into the fold. Uh, Mariners have been awful. Seahawks not having a great year, but you know the Kraken looks like we're back to normal. And it maybe just kind of shows you and really appreciate the job that Vegas did coming into the league, pulling off the impossible in their first year going to the Stanley Cup final and being a perennial playoff team to start. I think Bay, I think Seattle will get there, but right now I I, I think it's time to kind of turn our attention to other things around the NHL. Okay, have a great weekend, everybody. I will be on the call Sunday for the Rangers and the Sabres. If you're in the area, that's on 1050 a.m. because the Jets will be playing the uh, Dolphins on 9870 ESPN New York, so try to catch that over at the Garden. For Islander fans, you're finally getting your team back. That should be a tremendous story, and hopefully this COVID thing doesn't become a big deal and the Islanders can kind of get back to normal uh, and get some home games here in what is, I'm told, a beautiful arena. I can't wait to get out there I'm going to be out there on Wednesday when the Rangers take on the Islanders for the first time this year the day before Thanksgiving so I'm going to get a chance to see the building for the first time myself but I know a lot of Islander fans are going to be psyched to be able to go there tomorrow so we'll talk about that hopefully we'll talk to EJ Raddick on Monday want to get in touch with me over the weekend at Don LaGreca hashtag game misconduct we will talk to you on Monday this was the Friday edition of game misconduct this is the game misconduct podcast with Don LaGreca